I don't care if they remember me. Only Jesus. This is Dreamwalker 1960. As a reminder, you can read the transcripts of all my podcasts at dreamwalker1960.com. You can use most podcast platforms if you wish to listen. All you need to do is do a search for Dreamwalker 1960. This is going to be a difficult message today. Not a study, a message. As I have stated before and as per my handle, I am a dreamer of dreams per Acts 2.17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I am an old man, and I have been having dreams from God for decades. At times, they can be harsh, and this is one of those times. Most likely, many will be offended by what is to follow. But I have prayed and sought verification and received it before actually doing what I am doing now. First and foremost, as the first four words of the aforementioned verse must be said again, in the last days. This must become something that must be accepted by those that continue to listen or read what is to follow. Paul prophesies this to Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5 You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. For clarity's sake, I will restate verse 5 in the King James. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. We will return to this later, but now we must make it clear that there will be a rapture, one that Jesus Christ himself predicted. Matthew 24, 36-44 However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like in the days of Noah. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. 
So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You must also be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Key elements that are stated here from the Olivet Discourse. 1. No human or angel knows when Christ will return. Only God knows. 2. The behavior of the people will be like they were when Noah was building the ark. 2a. Genesis 6.5 The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. 3. The clear image of a rapture event is described by Jesus Christ. 3a. Matthew 24, 40-41 Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So any that have said that the rapture has occurred in any form, or that there will be no rapture, at this time these words are being written down and spoken to you, are false teachers and cursed per Galatians chapter 1 verses 6 through 9. The behavior shown in 2 Timothy 3 is considered evil for it shows the behavior of those people just before the return of Jesus Christ and thus are like the days of Noah. Now the next level of this message. It must be made perfectly clear that the mentality of most that have walked upon this earth since before Christ Jesus took the form of a man to walk amongst humanity has truly never changed, even with the influence of the Bible in effect at this time. Why? Because of this prediction from Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, verse 23. Then he said to me, this fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the world. It will be different from all the others. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. This mentality of the Roman Empire is what caused the Crusades, is what caused the conquest of the Americas. One of the key elements that this beast has placed upon the minds of people throughout the centuries is the need to be rich and to establish a legacy, to have their name continue throughout the centuries, be it through offspring or a place in history. A key element of this statement about legacy was first shown with Caesar. This man's name became the name all those that followed him in rule of the Roman Empire adopted. Per the Bible, what does it say about names and history of this world? Revelations 2.17 Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. 
Isaiah 65:17. Look, I am creating new heavens and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. So any seeking a quote-unquote legacy is stating that they are greater than God and deserve to have their name remembered above his and for all time. Another key element, the seeking of riches. Christ said this about worldly treasures. Matthew 6, 19-24 Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. The darkness being referred to here is the darkness that comes from this beast prophesied in Daniel. But what else does the Bible say about money? 1 Timothy 6, 3-10 Some people may contradict our teachings, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meanings of words. This stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt, and they have turned their backs upon the truth. To them, a show of godliness is a way to become wealthy. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we cannot take anything with us when we leave it. So, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And this, 1 John 2, 15-16, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you, for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And... 1 Timothy 6, 17-19 Teach those who are rich 
in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Quote, unquote, true life is the eternal life that is yet to come. Therefore, any who seek after wealth do not know the Bible, for it is made clear that we are to get rid of all the wealth if it has been cursed upon us. This wealth is a test to see if we love God or if we love money. Most fail this test. The moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we should do our best to get rid of any money that goes above and beyond that needed to live a basic lifestyle. This discussion of money now leads us to the harsh part of this message. Due to the fact that for centuries people have sought after riches here on earth, they are in actuality worshiping that money, thus hating God and His Son, Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ made that very clear in Matthew 6.24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Then if God is not quote-unquote blessing them with riches, and telling them they are quote-unquote Christian and going to heaven, who is? 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They will be unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. If you doubt this, look at the wording used in Luke 4. Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 8. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil says, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you worship me. Jesus replied, The scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. Wealth and riches are Satan's to do with as he pleases. Yet millions call themselves quote-unquote Christians and live in wealth. And how do they act? 2 Timothy 3.2 For the people will love only themselves and their money. 
They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. For people will love only themselves and their money. Then they must sell off their possessions and wealth if they wish to truly serve Jesus. But will they? Three times this very subject is described in three of the Gospels. It is the story of the young rich man who lived a quote-unquote Christian, a.k.a. religious life. But what was his response? Mark 10, 21-22 Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And Christ's explanation he gave to the disciples? Mark 10.25 In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Matthew 7.13-14 You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gates is wide for many who choose that way. But the gate to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Christ also said this, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40 Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And this, John fourteen fifteen, If you love me, obey my commandments. And later in John 15, after stating, Those that are unfruitful Christians will be cast into the fighter, Jesus Christ says this, John 15.10-12 When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. And how did Christ Jesus show His love? He humbled himself to the point of dying the dishonorable death upon the cross for his love for us. To love others is to guarantee they do not suffer. This is done by giving most of our worldly riches away and living only with what meets our needs. If all that call themselves quote-unquote Christians actually did this, there would be no suffering in this world at this time. Most currently believe they are on the narrow path, but they hold on to and hoard their wealth and their possessions. 
they believe with all their heart they will experience the rapture. Most at this time will have an experience when the rapture does occur, but it will be as a witness to the event, not a participant. How can I say this? Revelations 7, 9 through 10. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language. These are those that will hold on to their riches or be seeking after it and believe they are going into heaven and now live, as well as those that had originally rejected God and His Son, but they will then accept the reality of God, and turn to His Son. Again, how can this be said? Revelation seven, thirteen to 14 Then one of the twenty-four elders asked me, Who are these who are clothed in white? Where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you are the one who knows. Then he said to me, These are the ones who died in the great tribulation. These have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. These are the ones who died in the great tribulation. This is the great revival. Yet they must pay the price for this revival by refusing the mark of the Antichrist and accepting martyrdom. They must cause their own blood to be spilled upon the ground for their acknowledgment that Jesus Christ is their Savior, and know that they must suffer greatly. All because they first refused to obey His commandments to love each other as they loved themselves. They will do this because they witnessed those few that had truly followed the rough and narrow path and left them behind as those that had been true to God meet His Son in the clouds above, as they go to partake of the wedding feast. Matthew twenty-five ten through 12 But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with Him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside, calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. And the only way Christ will know them is for them to spread the truth of the word of God and to die the martyr's death for his glory and his alone. The Bible shows that most will reject what has been presented here today. However, I have still done as I have been led to do by the Holy Spirit. Will I too be a witness to the rapture or a participant? Only time will give us that answer. Think and ponder your own life and fate, and I will seek to do the same in mine. I will honor God through His Son, my Savior, Jesus Christ, and follow and do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. 
for the time is near for Christ to return, and this message is one of the final warnings. Matthew 25, 6 At midnight they were aroused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. Amen and God bless. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light, but it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. But Jesus is the only name to remember. And I
I don't care if they remember me, only Jesus.